Hey all, welcome to the first episode of Good News Friday. What is good news? Well, most people would say that it's the opposite of bad news. That's a pretty good start, but then we have to determine just what bad news is, don't we? Which means that we have to know just what we mean when we say news. Well, it's always something new. It's also a mass noun, meaning that it refers to a mass of things like rice or milk, things which can be similar, they are all new, or all the same. What passes for the news nowadays is sometimes a list of facts that an editor thinks that we should know. The traditional news reporting formula tells us what we need to learn from any news story, what happened, who did it, where it was done, when it was done, and if possible, why it was done. When reporting facts, most of those questions can be pretty accurately answered. If, for example, you're reporting on a car accident, you've got the what happened right before you, a car accident. The who can include the driver, any passengers, perhaps the attending police or ambulance workers, maybe someone at a hospital, perhaps even a witness. The accident will have occurred at a particular place which can be identified in the usual way, and the time of day is also pretty easy to report. Any of these aspects can turn into the main focus of the story, the car accident itself, the what happened, maybe the news because it was the latest in a long list of accidents recently. The driver might be the headline, as it was a famous person, or the ambulance driver may stand out because of having saved a passenger's life. The where might become the most important, since this street corner or curvy highway may be infamous for the high volume of accidents. Likewise, the when might draw the attention, because there are so many accidents at this time of day. The why is not always so easy to pin down in a news report. In something as factual as our imagined car accident, the why might be dangerous road conditions, unusual weather, a drunk driver, a mobile telephone use at the wheel, a faulty aspect of the car itself. Some whys can be identified at once. Some whys may only come to light a while after the original news has been reported. In any case, the news is usually something we consume in order to keep ourselves informed. You may not be interested at all in car accidents, and so you'll skip right over that article in your news feed or change the TV channel until there's a report on the screen that really does interest you. If you are interested in local politics, you will stop when you see the face or name of your local councilman or police chief. If you're a farmer, you might stop when you see a weather map. A lot of people will tune out everything when they see a group of grown men chasing a ball around a defined space. Bad news will be any of that information that you don't like, or is not to your advantage. Another car accident is hardly ever good news for anyone. You may disagree with your mayor, who wants to remove all the trees in the city park and replace them with iron sculptures. Those little cloud-with-lightning symbols hovering over your region on the weather map may make you worry about those acres of corn that have just begun to push out of the ground and a simple number that is less than another number may frustrate you with that sports team you've bet upon. Good news, as I started out saying, might just seem to be the opposite of the bad. The car accident means that you have another reason to push for reforms to improve that curve in the road.
Those trees in the city park are both a danger, they are old and poorly rooted, and cost a lot to maintain. The sculptures won't need to be pruned every year. Or maybe it hasn't rained for a month, and even though there may be some damage from a heavy storm, it's better to have the damage than to continue with the current drought. And one man's loss is another man's win. Sports is kind of like that. The problem up to now is that we are simplifying this concept of bad and good news a lot. Bad news for one may be good news for another, and it's sometimes kind of hard to get everyone on the same page. What does seem to be true, though, is that the kind of news that actually sells, that dominates the arena, is a kind of news that is more destructive than constructive. Conflict seems to catch our attention, keep our attention, while harmony, while beautiful and nice, gets kind of boring really quickly. This can be seen in a cliché that exists about feel-good news reporters. In so many movies that highlight the profession of news reporting, we see a young reporter, often a woman, who is struggling with always having to do the silly, feel-good news. Instead of doing some real investigative reporting about some scandal on a national level, these reporters are left reporting on the opening of a local swimming pool or the celebration of a 105th birthday at a nursing home. These reports are also relegated to the last five minutes of a news program, and if there's no time left, are totally suppressed. So, because someone has to pay for the studio and the electricity and the computers and the travel and the makeup artist and the sound man and the editor and the anchor, it's important that people tune into that news. And the best way to get people to tune into the news is to report on conflict and destruction. That puppy, safe from being put down by a local fireman, will hardly catch as many sponsors as that politician who had an affair and paid out taxpayer money to cover it up. And that's what makes news seem like it's always bad news. There is this focus on the conflict, the scandal, the death and destruction, the things we should all fear but feel safe about because they are happening elsewhere, not to us. That sells. That attracts advertisers. So to try to talk about good news may seem like we are veering away from the information that's important. To list the statistics of how many people have been placed on life-saving machines is much more important than highlighting how a father has learned to help his kids with their math homework. To give a number of deaths from that illness will always get more sponsors than reporting on the supermarket worker who brings packages of cookies to her neighbors every Friday because they can't get out to shop or can't afford to buy them when they do. Or is that true? We are actually beginning to see the importance of those good news stories. We are seeing a move towards putting senior citizen birthday parties at least in the same block as the infection statistics. We are seeing more stock people dancing in the aisles of stores. We are seeing regular people connecting from balcony to balcony. In our distancing, we are seeing much more coming together. So Friday is good news day. Not looking for news that is the opposite of the bad that sells. Really looking for information that contributes to our well-being, that makes us feel good, that brings tears of solidarity to our eyes. I feel badly about the suffering that the current worldwide health situation has brought about. I feel frustrated with government actions and reactions. I get honestly angry with people who are reacting in ignorance, manifesting a need to return to exactly the same as existed before, instead of recognizing how that before is directly responsible for what is going to come after. 
However, the tears come to my eyes when I see a father and daughter singing together, when I see two neighbors playing badminton from their balconies, when I see a teenager sewing masks for health workers, when I see a tired health worker animating her neighbors in an afternoon dance routine, people who are not protesting, who are not complaining, who are learning to cope and looking forward to participating in the new normal instead of dwelling on a past normal that will never be the same again. That, for me, is the good news. The video of a deer wandering through the streets of a city, the sight of birds everywhere taking control again of the skies that were always exclusively theirs, only lent to us by our technology, a return to real springtime weather, rainy, chilly, sometimes sunny and warm, not that odd summer-like weather that has no place in February, a sky that is really blue and not filtered through some orange-gray gauze. Finally, good news that will be information that we can literally use to change the world. 40 days without traffic jams means how many days without asthma attacks? 40 days of distributing food to those who cannot afford it means how much society needs to take care of its own. 40 days of struggling against a health problem means how close are we to a structural change to a health system that is not a system at all in one of the most influential countries in the world. Let's share good news. If you've got a good news story you'd like to share, leave me a message, leave a voicemail. I'll check it out and share it. For this week, I want to draw your attention to the fairly new Some Good News YouTube channel set up by the actor John Krasinski. You know where the link is located. To date, he's only done four episodes, but each is a tear-jerking, inspiring manifestation of always look on the bright side of life, the real good that comes out of us when we're all faced with the real bad. Cheers to John, an excellent example of changing the world by changing your corner of the world. Peace, world peace, can only come when peace is known by everyone. Listening to Radio Revel.